Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. CSU Ramily, what is up? We are back. Another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. Interesting week, to say the least. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Wyoming game. I know it's a couple days removed now. Um, I continue to have some issues with Audition on my computer, so I actually recorded a podcast uh, after the game. And it just, the file got corrupted and it was a big pain in the ass. And I was really frustrated because it was like 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) And then, yeah, so I just hadn't gotten around to re-recording it until now. A crazy snowy night here in Fort Collins. Forecast calling for about a foot of snow. Uh, Snowmageddon. I will say, you know, sometimes the the forecasts, they call for some of this stuff and it seems like, you know, they... They make it seem like it's going to be this giant storm and then it doesn't really pan out. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case this time around. It seems to be a pretty legit snowstorm. They're, you know, canceling school, talking about how Thanksgiving travel is, you know, going to be a nightmare for everyone. Um, yeah, personally, uh, I'm actually kind of excited. I wasn't supposed to get to spend Thanksgiving with my family. Uh, my family actually goes out to western Kansas every year for Thanksgiving. And, you know, with the Boise State game being a one thirty kickoff on Friday, it was just not looking like it was going to be very possible for me to go. I wasn't able to go last year either because CSU had to play Air Force. Uh, so I was planning on having Thanksgiving by myself. Uh, but now that this crazy storm is hitting uh, Colorado and, you know, the the eastern plains and stuff, um, my family's not going. So I'm, I'm going to get to see them. And I'm excited about that. So Hope everybody has a good week this week. Thanksgiving is genuinely uh, one of my holiday favorite holidays. 
I will say this though. I've seen a lot of crazy takes on Twitter uh, this week regarding Thanksgiving. A lot of people uh, with preposterous takes about Thanksgiving food not being that good, about Thanksgiving being overrated as a holiday. I think Thanksgiving might be my favorite holiday. I mean, aside from Christmas, which is pretty much everyone's favorite holiday. I know there's some of y'all that are super into Halloween. Um, That's the most overrated holiday. Let me tell you what. Halloween's super overrated. Thanksgiving rules. You got football, amazing food, a dessert. I will admit, I'm I'm biased. Like my, I grew up going to a pretty kick-ass Thanksgiving celebration. Uh, Seventy plus people with all my extended relatives. Sometimes close to even like a hundred. So, I I got to experience Thanksgiving in a pretty unique way as a child. So I, I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for it, but. That's enough Thanksgiving talk. Let's uh, let's move on. I will say, I, I'm curious to what everyone's um, least favorite Thanksgiving food is. We'll do some type of poll. I'm not big on green bean casserole. Uh, I just don't like it. I will say turkey is better than ham. I've seen a lot of weird takes out there with ham being better than turkey. Definitely disagree. I, I'm not a big ham guy. I can do a really good honey-baked ham, something like that. But overall, I'm team turkey all the way. Love mashed potatoes, love gravy, stuffing, cranberry sauce, all that stuff. Any kind of pie you put in front of me, I'm going to eat. I'm just a pie guy through and through. Pie is better than cake. There's a potentially controversial dessert opinion for you guys. Pies, all pies are better than cake, uh, unless it's cheesecake. Cheesecake is the bomb. But that's, that's enough Thanksgiving talk. That's like four minutes of me rambling on about food. Let's talk about you know the info that you guys actually want to hear about now um you know I'm not going to spend a ton of time going in depth with like what happened in this Wyoming game 17-7 um offensively CSU they couldn't do a dang thing Wyoming really shut them down I asked about the lack of run game again today on Monday and Bobo was pretty much just like yeah they whooped us you know at the line of scrimmage and that's really kind of been the case the last two weeks now CSU just hasn't been able to run the football. They're averaging about a yard and a half per carry over these last couple of weeks, and it's just, it's been tough. (laughs) They're not a good enough passing offense to be one-dimensional. They need to be able to set the play action up. Um, It's it's discouraging, to say the least. Um, It's just, I mean, it's kind of been one of those years for the offense. Like, they, they really didn't have a game this entire season where they clicked on both sides of the football for an entire four quarters. Uh, there were spurts. There were a lot of spurts, halves, uh, three quarters at a time even sometimes where this team lo- really looks solid. Uh, but to actually get that full four-quarter performance on both sides of the football, I don't think it ever really happened this year, and that's kind of a bummer. Um, pretty much a reason why they're in the position that they're in. I know Bobo said after the game is kind of a microcosm of the entire season. Um, that's not that's not what the fans want to hear, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, on the podcast today. Um, I think that's the most important thing to come out of this uh, CSU-Wyoming game. Obviously, uh, you can talk about the fact that the Rams are no longer uh, in contention for the postseason after losing to Wyoming. Um, you can bring up the fact that they haven't beaten Wyoming since 2015 or Air Force. Uh, haven't beaten CU since 2014. That was obviously under Jim McElwain, uh, not Mike Bobo. One of the things that really disappoints me when I think about that is 
I have a younger brother. Uh, I post about him a lot on Twitter. He's going to be a lead uh, in Pirates Pirates of Penzance, the opera at CSU uh, next spring. So shout out to him. Shout out to everyone in the performing arts. I'm a big proponent of the performing arts. That was a tongue twister. (laughs) But he's going to be a senior next fall. And he's never, since he's been a student, he's never once gotten to witness a CSU victory in the border war or over Air Force or over CU or a bowl game. And that is just, that's heartbreaking to me, man. Like, I didn't get, I I was pretty fortunate, if we're being honest. My, most of the time I was in school, uh, CSU was fairly successful. Um, you know, they never won national championships or anything, obviously, but the 2013, 2014 seasons were both a lot of fun. 2015 2016 respectable um the thing is though is just like how do you sell this if you're the athletic department like moving forward how do you how do you sell this many this many rivalry losses in a row when you factor in everything the the ball collapses the fact that they haven't been a winning team since 2016 their last win over a team with a winning record was that upset over san diego state back in 2016 that's absolutely insane i just i don't know man i've i have been the biggest supporter of mike bobo uh that there is i I think it's safe to say of everyone that has covered this team through throughout the entirety of the mike bobo era uh, nobody has defended him more than me i've talked about how he's a good guy i've talked about how uh, the staff recruits really well which are both things that are still true uh, I've talked about, you know, how everyone needed to have patience that, in my opinion, they had been going about things the right way. And eventually, you know, they were going to turn the tide under him and this and that and the offense and their scoring points. And I just, I don't know, at some point, enough has to be enough. And I think now that you have some pressure, um, it's going to be in- interesting. We're going to talk about just like what CSU's options are moving forward. Um, There is some pressure now, at least to an extent. UNLV has announced already that they're moving on from Tony Sanchez. He and Bobo hired the same year. Um, Bobo did have more success than Sanchez did. Granted, Sanchez was in a much deeper hole to climb out of from the start. Um, That really is a weird situation out in Las Vegas. I think getting the new facilities... um, there's potential there, but I still just don't ever really foresee that being a college football town or like a great college football school. It's never say never. I mean, really, you just need, you know, the right administration, the right coach, and things can turn around pretty quickly. Uh, but interesting, not shocking, I think, once CSU uh, eliminated UNLV from postseason contention, really dominated them. I think Sanchez's fate was kind of sealed. Um, I've actually, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the guy. Everyone uh, that I know out in UNLV that's covered the team have talked about how, you know, he was pretty opening to the media and stuff that they liked him. Uh, so wish the guy well. Uh, legendary high school football coach out there. I imagine he'll have no trouble at all getting another high school gig if that's what he so chooses to do. Uh, probably could take some time off enjoy the money he's made if that's what he wants to do as well 
Uh, we'll see. He's a younger guy, has a future ahead. You know, he might end up getting hired as an assistant somewhere at the college level. You never know. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens to him. Uh, so best of luck to Tony, Tony Sanchez. Best of luck to a guy who I consider uh, a friend in Tim Skipper, UNLV's defensive coordinator. Uh, back when he was at CSU, he hired me as an assistant for CSU football. So uh, Tim Skipper is, you know, predominantly the reason that I work in the industry. And I've got a lot of love for him, and I'll always, always owe him that. Uh, so I wish him well as well. Uh, <laughs> wish him well as well. Not sure what the future holds for him and the rest of the staff. Uh, at this point, I think, um, you know, they'll have a chance to interview with whoever the next coach ends up being. But, you know, the defense wasn't great this year. Um, just calling it how I see it. Tim, he would, you know, he'd respect that. So we'll see. Uh, New Mexico decided to move on from Bob Davey as well. This is one that I feel like has been coming for like three years now. He had a couple of nice seasons made couple of bowls back in like 2015 2016 really since then they've done nothing I mean you look at the stands out there at dream style stadium and it's just it's embarrassing for the league every single week it's desolate they're playing in front of you know 8,000 9,000 people um it's just not good they at this point you know I I think New Mexico would honestly be wise to consider like moving on from football altogether and investing just heavily uh, in basketball, baseball, some of their Olympic sports that they really do succeed in and have a ton of success. And I know football is the biggest revenue generator uh, as a whole. And I, I haven't looked at those numbers. So admittedly, this is a statement that I'm speaking on kind of ignorantly. And that's generally a no, no. Uh, but I think, you know, everyone can recognize the uh, uphill battle that whoever takes over that program is going to have. It's just not a football town. I think the the fans down there will support a winning program if if they have one, so maybe. Uh, but they just, I don't know, that stadium needs a ton of work. It's, it's one of the worst stadiums in the league. Um, it's old. It's There's really just not anything to it. Um, but, yeah. UNC as well, Northern Colorado, uh, they announced over the weekend that they're moving on from Ernest Collins. He'd been the head coach since 2011, signed uh, an extension that was supposed to take him through 2021 back in 2016, but UNC just kind of underperformed. He, much like Mike Bobo, has had a lot of unfortunate things happen during his time uh, at Northern Colorado. At the beginning, they just, they weren't funded well, and that was that was difficult and those really those first three two or three seasons that he was there they're just they didn't have adequate funding and it really wasn't fair to him if we're being completely honest um but he's also had to deal with just a lot of injuries like CSU they've lost their quarterback starting quarterback multiple times uh, over the last couple of years Jacob Nip actually came back this year after uh, getting hurt two or three other times um former Ralston Valley kid but yeah, some a lot of schools in the area putting a little bit of pressure on CSU to make a move, and we're going to talk about what CSU's options are uh, moving forward, but we're going to take just a quick second to shout out our partners, Breckenridge Brewery. It's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery 
the official beer of DNVR Rams. With the holidays coming up, there's no better time to load up on the booze. Uh, grab a case, grab a couple of different 12-packs, uh, pick up some Breckenridge Avalanche Ale, Colorado Core, a giant can of Christmas Ale, whatever whatever it is for you. If you're not boozing, you're losing the opportunity to actually enjoy your in-laws. So, hey, I don't know what your family situation is like. I don't know uh, if you like your in-laws, you like your crazy sister-in-law, whatever it may be. Uh, but if you have two or three Breckenridge Avalanche Ales, I promise you, you're going to like them a little bit more. That holiday experience is going to seem a little bit more enjoyable. Grab a six-pack wherever you buy your beer, uh, local liquor store, local grocery store, whatever it is. Breckenridge is everywhere. They are awesome. We love those guys so much. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Alrighty, welcome back here. We are going to continue uh, the Mike Bobo conversation and what should CSU do moving forward this? You know, we've talked about it briefly, uh, glanced over it over the last month or so, but what makes this situation so weird for CSU uh, is two things. And that's that's the buyout, obviously, if they fire him before January 1st. With the current agreement in place, CSU would owe Mike Bobo $5.5 million. Let me first start by saying CSU does not have that $5.5 million. They don't have it. I'm going to say it again. They don't have it. That money, it's not there. You look in your checking account, it's not showing $5.5 million. CSU's checking account is looking a lot like mine after a weekend. A lot of poor choice decisions, a lot of questionable spending. But they don't have that $5.5 million to pay Mike Bobo. It's not about, well, yes, it's not about the, you know, the, the athletic department being content with mediocrity um, or anything like that. You could make that argument. I know a lot of people are actually calling for uh, the athletic director. That's a completely different conversation and, you know, one that maybe we'll have to have in the future. Uh, but as far as Mike Bobo goes, they don't have the money. So even if CSU wants to move on from him, which I'm not necessarily sure is the case, they don't have that money, at least currently, without, you know, getting help from a donor or, or something like that. And if that's the route that CSU ends up choosing, if they, if uh, Joe Parker decides, you know, hey, we want to move on from Mike Bobo, uh, he's a guy who, uh, this would be from Joe Parker's perspective, who I have a ton of respect for, I like a lot, obviously, signed him to this big extension, that he was the future of the program, the guy that was going to take CSU to the next level. Ultimately, you know, I was wrong. Uh, so we are moving on from him. If he, if Joe Parker decides that that's what he wants to do um, and he takes that money from a donor, the problem is, is that now you're in a position where whoever gave you that check, they're going to want some influence on who the next coach ends up being. You're not signing away that kind of cash and just being like, all right, now I hope, uh, I hope you get it better this time. No, they're going to want to have some say in who this ends up being and this that makes me really nervous on so many levels. Um, I'll say this about college fans: they're passionate, and this includes myself. We, but we're we're irrational, and we get too into the moment, uh, and we have these really weird 
just like quirky qualifications that kind of we all have for our desirable candidate. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest misconceptions I think uh, with fan bases is that coaches have to be alums, um, you know, to be successful, to have passion for a program or for what they're doing. I just think that's ludicrous. I think you end up in a situation like Florida State where they pay out the butt to steal Taggart from Oregon and they just, you know, it doesn't end up working and then all of a sudden they're in a position where they have to pay him this absurd buyout. Granted, much more absurd than Mike Boba's, but it's all relative uh, in terms of the league and, you know, what the the level of college football is. But being an alum is great and if you happen to get one like Boise State where it works out, that's awesome because, you know, hey, maybe they don't want to move on uh, so quickly or at all. And that's that's great. That's awesome. But it's pretty rare, and more times than not, it ends up crashing in your face. You know, you, you saw it recently at Florida State with Taggart. I think back to CU with Embry and how that whole situation worked out. And I don't know. Like, if you happen to find a former player uh, that's the right guy, like, I don't know, someone like Tony Alford I see comes up a lot. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Tony Alford. I would be nervous to hire someone with zero head coaching experience again. Um, I know that's kind of how you can sometimes find the next up and coming guy, but it would, it would make me nervous. That's all I'm saying. It would make me nervous. I do think Alfred would have plenty of passion for the gig. Um, I'm sure he has the recruiting traps to, to get it done. He even does recruit the area to an extent with Ohio state. So, you know, maybe Alfred is that guy. Uh, but you, you know who's not going to be the next guy? Urban freaking Meyer. Stop bringing it up. This is uh, this is completely off topic and not what I meant to talk about at all. But I started talking about Ohio State and Urban Meyer came to mind. Guys, I said it on Twitter. Um, this was obviously hyperbole, but you have a better chance of hit winning the lotto than Urban Meyer does of returning to Colorado State. They don't have the money to pay him. He just, what is what would he have to prove by coming back here? I mean, I just don't see it. He's had, he's been at places with all the resources in the world, all the advantages. Now he wants to come coach at a Mountain West school. I don't see it, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and the people that want him, are we ignoring the fact that he's just a flat-out terrible person? Because that's what he is. I mean, I, I get he's a very, very brilliant football coach and has had success everywhere he's gone. Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, you name it. Every program he has touched uh, has been more successful because he has been there. But he's recruited highly questionable character players, uh, looks the other way with domestic assault stuff, flat out lied about his knowledge of it, that's not the guy that I want representing my university, representing, you know, leading 18, 19-year-old men. We can sit here and criticize Mike Bobo all we want for his lack of success, and all of it is fair because I get it. There's no moral victories at this level. Like, everybody is well aware of the fact that Mike Bobo is a good guy. But it really is the case, you know, with some of these guys. You don't want to put yourself in a compromising position uh, solely because you're desperate to win. I know... To an extent, like, the game is the game. And I'm not one of those guys that rails against coaches when they 
pay players and stuff because maybe it's cynical, but I, I firmly believe that every successful program in the country is cheating uh, to an extent. Now, I think it probably varies. I don't think it's, it's necessarily a situation where bags are being dropped all over the place. Uh, but if you think that you cheer for a winning program and that your program is immune from some of this stuff, I think that you're living in your own little world. I think that's just not very likely. Um, I think in, especially in college basketball, that's the case. Uh, you have smaller rosters. I think it's just easier to pay guys and get away with it. Uh, football's a little bit different. You have such big rosters. So, you know, maybe if you're Alabama, you can afford to pay everyone, but even them, I don't think they're necessarily dropping cash on everyone, uh, but they are dropping cash somewhere. Um, so those guys, like the people that get caught cheating, like you can criticize it if, if you have a huge problem, whatever, I get that. Um, but I have a much bigger problem with the stuff that Urban Meyer has done and, and gotten in trouble for in the past. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a a much bigger difference there. I think that's a, a philosophical difference between, you know, lying about slipping some cash to a players and flat out lying about uh, knowledge of domestic abuse and a woman being, you know, beaten. So that's that's just how, that's where I'm at. I wanted to briefly to just mention Urban Meyer um, just because he keeps seeing his name come up on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it, it's really going to get interesting with CSU. You got... A big game with Boise coming up on Saturday. Um, I are they playing for Bobo's job? I don't know whether. I mean, to me, like you should already kind of know. Like the the outcome of this Boise State game should have little impact with what Joe Parker decides. Um, if they do somehow steal an upset, I don't think that erases anything that's happened over these last couple of years, and I don't think it's gonna change the tune. Um, with the fans, I just think this is such a, it's such a difficult position. And like I said, that January 1st in the buyout, it, it's, it's going to make it incredibly difficult for Parker. And how do you, with the, with the re- early recruiting period, I think you just have to make up your mind. You have to know going into this Boise State game, what you want to do. And maybe they do know, I mean, maybe CSU's not going to announce it like UNLV in New Mexico did. They're already, uh, planning for the future, um, I don't know. I really don't. But with the early signing period and how it plays out now, I just don't think you can afford to wait. I think waiting till January 1st anyways would be a dumb move because you're giving, um, you know, you're putting yourself a month behind from where you would be. If you want to move on, move on, figure it out, figure out a way to get that money. Um, maybe you can get Mike to agree to some sort of, uh, just lesser buyout term where you want you both sides are happy uh you phrase it frame it as he's walking away on his own terms and he returns uh to the sec as an offensive coordinator where he probably has a ton of success after learning all these nifty little tricks at colorado state that's that's one option that's one way it could end up playing out um it would be a really bad look, in my opinion, to let Bobo sign a class one with the unfuture, with the future being so uncertain. It's got to be really hard for CSU to recruit, anyways, at the moment. I think all these guys see Twitter, they see what everyone's posting, they know uh, that Bobo's on the hot seat. They know that it's it's 
unclear like what it's going to look like in CSU over the next couple of seasons. So one, you're already at a recruiting disadvantage. But if you do keep Bobo, you let him sign however many guys they end up signing, and then you move on from him. Like two weeks later, you fire him after letting him sign all these kids. How do you sell loyalty to those kids after doing something like that? How would you ever expect them to stay in your program? It would just be a bad look, and that's what makes it 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 really puts pressure on schools to act fast now. I think, you know, we're gonna see it over the over these next couple of seasons. We're gonna start seeing schools uh, just act faster and faster, and that's because you you really can't afford to wait anymore. You can't afford to wait until after the bowl season to make this kind of decision. You got to move, and you got to move now. By the time the college football playoff has has been played. You know, your new coach should already have some of his staff basically rounded out, should already, you know, have a firm recruiting plan, should already be on the road out, you know, planning for the future. So we'll see. <laughs> I think it's really going to get weird. I would not want to be Joe Parker right now. Uh, that's really all I'm going to say. I, I wouldn't want to be him. Who would? It's, this is a it's a brutal time. You, you've got a lot. You've got a really difficult decision to make with a lot of, a lot of influencing factors and I just I don't know how you can sell Bobo bringing back but I also don't know how you can afford to move on from him so it's one of those where it's like in terms of PR I don't think you can really sell it I don't think it would be good for the fan base I think everybody's dejected right now and as much as I've supported Mike Bobo and as much as I want him to succeed uh here or elsewhere wherever it ends up being wherever his next stop ends up being. Um, the fact of the matter is, it's just, it hasn't been good enough. And I think it's just time for change. You gotta, you've gotta get some life back in this program. You've got a gorgeous new stadium, all the resources in the world, at least from a G5 perspective. I mean, they don't have the money that the big programs have, but you know, Colorado is a great place to live. Fort Collins in particular, an amazing town. You have a gorgeous campus, a beautiful uh, stadium, top-of-the-line athletic facilities, uh, apparel contract that's solid. You have cool uniforms. You got the swag, this, that, all the bells and whistles with the training program, the stadium, food for the athletes, you name it. CSU has so many things that so many programs in this league do not have. There are no excuses anymore. The time to win is now. There the landscape of college football is drastically changing and if CSU is not willing to be aggressive and really you know go for it really commit to athletics then all the money that they've spent over the last decade it's going to be for naught because CSU is going to get left in the dust they have to do something they have to act they have to just I don't know if if you bring back Bobo you better have some type of aggressive plan whether that's increasing his budget and allowing him to bring in some new assistants uh, but there has to be some type of change. And I think ultimately it probably should be with the head coach. Um, but like I said, with given how the contract is, given his relationship with Joe Parker, um, I do see a scenario where they bring him back. I think, honestly, there's a good chance. I, I still, as as bad as everything has been, as frustrated as all the fans are right now, if you really had to... to you know, make me pick what's going to happen, I'd still lean towards Bobo being back next year. Now, as I've been talking about for 30 minutes, I don't know if that's the best thing for the program. I think 
you know, I think it's going to get tough for him to sell to the fans, but you know, how do you, how do you just make that money come? I, I just, I don't know. If, if you, if you haven't gotten the point by now, this is just a brutal situation for CSU. It's, it's a total crapshoot. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. We will certainly be there uh, with coverage throughout it all. Uh, we'll have Boise State preview coming up. CSU basketball coverage. Rams lost a tight one in the Cayman Islands this morning against New Mexico State. Uh, really valiant comeback effort. So keep up with DNVR Rams throughout this Thanksgiving week. Hope everyone stays warm. Hope everyone stays safe out there. Uh, if you can stay home, do so. Cozy up on the couch, watch some sports. Watch. There's a lot of great college basketball on this week. I love it. Um, watch a movie, whatever it is, whatever you're doing. Stay warm, stay safe. Much love, guys. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like not from